Today on the Top Show, Bud Light Manning commercial is mostly mocked by everyone on the internet. Vivek on affirmative action not in the NBA goes viral. Spotify to lay off 17% of their staff. Apple offers an out for Goldman Sachs as the relationship continues to sour. A Porsche thief is defeated by a manual transmission. And Ford loses about 400 dealerships from their EV program. All of that and much, much more on the Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. I say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. We're also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December, so if you click that button, I'd really appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Spotify to lay off 17% of their staff, which is also marking the third time they've had to have layoffs in 2023. This, as the ad revenue and pretty much Every form of entertainment continues to dwindle down to less and less and less. And the rivalship between Spotify to be the top podcasting company heats up. While you have Sirius XM saying they're going to go all in, investing hundreds of millions of dollars in their platforms. It'll be interesting to see how much can Spotify really pull ahead. And they're paying so much in, this, in royalties to these companies that actually own the music. At what point can they really grow as a business? They recently, just very recently, started to show a profit. So they're going in the right direction overall. Now, going specifically back to this staff cut, this comes to us thanks to a little LinkedIn article by the name of Jessica Hartogs. And she noted that the Stockholm-based music streaming business said that it would cut about 1,500 people, which equated to about 17% of their current staff levels. This cuts will be made across the company. Now, they also know that Spotify has invested into further into podcasts and audiobooks, but has yet to read the rewards of expansion. CEO Daniel Ick said in an interview recently said, quote, economic growth has slowed dramatically and capital has become more expensive, unquote. Which, yes, that is the biggest issue that pretty much every business from technology to automotive manufacturing companies to, shoot, even mom and pop shops, a lot of them are coming to the harsh reality of having the government increase their interest rates exponentially, which is a problem they also created them in and of itself. But since it's where so many businesses, there used to be only a couple of zombie companies back in the day, and zombie companies is a company that they exist, but they mainly exist because of very cheap, near zero interest rates, loans, and they don't really expand too much. They really make, you know, really make a lot of profits, but, but they're around. Now that we have these precarious times, a lot of these companies, that free, near free cash flow, where you used to be able to get loans for near to zero percent, those have all but evaporated. And most of these businesses, they're not making enough profit to actually keep going. Now, Spotify is one of those instances where a majority of all the money they make, they don't keep. It goes out to the actual people who produce the content, which is why they have increased their little, a little bit of their offerings in terms of having some exclusivity contracts, which is a good way to bolster your offerings. I mean, the only reason I believe that, at least anecdotally speaking, that most people download the Spotify app is because they made a big offer and they got an exclusivity contract with Joe Rogan who's a top podcaster on the planet. And there's a lot of people speculating it was a $100 million deal, which in all reality is probably also a mixture between cash as well as stock offerings to Joe. And it's one of those instances as well where that does give people a compelling reason to go to Spotify. Now, however, the downside is while Joe is, he has a current contract with them, that contract will soon, it'll expire before we know it. And when that comes, he has a lot of negotiating power because he is the biggest, he is the best, he's the biggest draw to the platform. They didn't, organically grow that talent from within the company. It's not a made by Spotify. It was just a rights deal and a hosting deal. So when that comes to fruition, when a contract's about to expire, Joe could go anywhere. Or if he feels so inclined, he could build out his own infrastructure. Given the time allocation and his core competencies of the businesses that he owns, which include supplemental companies, as well as the podcast, entertainment, comedy, stand-up, for all those reasons, I suspect most likely he'll continue to have a relationship where someone else does the infrastructure for him and they work out a percentage base to share the profits. But again, now that they don't have any of those interest rates, they're so high. They, the CEO, going back to CEO Spotify, he said, quote, has continued 
and sorry, has long continued to be profitable because of the terms of the licensing deal it has with record labels and music publishers, unquote. Which, again, there's a fascinating, there's a whole documentary on YouTube where they actually talk about the breakdown of all the rights and how there's basically three big companies that have an overwhelming majority of music rights as well as podcasting rights. And Spotify's in that harsh situation where they have to go to them. It's like, here, you can all hear, I was about to say the latest and greatest artists, but in all reality, there's only a couple of modern artists who I think are actually truly great, but nevertheless, my music tastes aside, it'll be interesting to see what Spotify going to do from here. Are they going to try to maybe grow some more products and more capabilities internally to the company so they can actually develop talent? I mean, what they think, I believe the long-term success rate for the company will be them creating content organically inside the company, very similar to, the, to how Netflix was built. Netflix originally was just a pure distribution mechanism, first rising to fame because of DVDs and then streaming. And this instance where, again, they're paying, I believe last time they got the licensing deal from Friends, a very popular comedy, is an instance where it's about $100 million for that one show alone, just to have the rights to stream it on their platform. But then Netflix decided, well, we want to start producing content, which again gives an additional incentive to go to that platform if you like that content. And they've had some hits throughout the years in that regard, so I suspect if Spotify really wants to grow and develop and really start to move away from these deals that they're keeping them afloat. I mean, they're not going out of business, don't get me wrong, but with the current breakdown of how much these, how little the rights or how little the streaming revenue they get to keep because it's owned by a third party, they need to start building out their internal capabilities, internal infrastructure in that regard. But let me know in the comments, do you think that they'll actually do that? Or do you think they'll continue to struggle as a streaming company when Many people see streaming as a commodity and they usually go to platforms based on the exclusivity contracts they do have or in some cases do not have and they don't go there. So it'll be interesting to see what the future holds for Spotify, but they're in a tough situation. I mean, they only recently just skirted a little bit of a profit, which is great. You know, long-term, most businesses, or actually no, most businesses fail. Strike that. Many businesses over time do reach profitability. It'll be interesting to see what's the long-term impact with Spotify and can they grow enough talent internally to offset the not losses but the much less profitable deals where they have where they have to have Lady Lady Gaga, Jay-Z, Banana Pop, whatever they call their albums these days on the platforms so that people listen to the new stuff. Well fascinating to see but as I always say time shall tell. Other interesting business news you have Apple and Goldman Sachs their partnership continues to sour. And many are speculating that Chase will be the solution to overtake Goldman Sachs. Now, Goldman Sachs and Apple actually partnered up for Apple Pay, which was a brilliant idea. People who have Apple love Apple. It was, from a marketing perspective, I couldn't help but admire the brilliance. And again, it's, it's sometimes it's the best ideas or the simplest ideas, but just the uniqueness, just the design, the aesthetics of the actual Apple card in and of itself, it was quite appealing. I mean, very much like Apple products. It's, I mean, not that we don't expect that. Now, the issue is Apple, most businesses will note this, some maybe not so publicly, but they're very difficult to deal with because they have a very narrow road to deviate from. They tell you what to do, they, some might call it micromanaging, but since it's where the developer, like it's one of those situations where it's difficult to do business with them in that regards, and that limits a lot of the capabilities of these companies, it's, but it's also Apple. So, I mean, there's more than a, there's more enough companies willing to do it. Now, it looks like specifically it's come from Bloomberg by a reporter by the name of Mark Gurman. They know that they say Apple and Goldman Sachs are on the verge of splitting up and they think Chase is the ideal partner to step in. Now, that should be too surprising. Goldman Sachs has been moving away from these types of relationships. I believe it was about a third, maybe three to four weeks ago, they ended a similar partnership with General Motors where they had a reward program or a little card for people that had worked at General Motors and they had a similar type of agreement to help out. Now, looks like the announcement was first announced in 2019 with the rollout of Apple Card. And then they also expanded into savings accounts and worked together with Apple's Buy Here, Pay Here, sorry, Buy Here, Pay Later service, which when you look at some of the really expensive fancy computers, you might be able to pay off in you know 72 years, depending on your income and you know how much they go up in value. Now they also noted that, let's see here, in terms of why they think Chase is going to be the one to actually 
disrupt Goldman Sachs. They saw that Chase has about 60, not thousand, not million, $60 billion of Apple's cash on hand. So, and it looks like Chase has a majority of it. They also have one of the earliest, most successful Apple Pay partners. They teamed up with Apple on the Ultimate Rewards Program, which offers discounts to Apple devices on banking and credit card customers. And of course, serving as one of the biggest credit card par partners for transactions at Apple retail outlets, online store, and the Apple app. And Chase also has additional capabilities. They have credit cards that use the MasterCard network. That's not the same system that powers the Apple Card, meaning that there'd be no need to switch to the Visa or American Express platforms, interestingly enough. So again, it's one of those instances where, for better or worse, sometimes partnerships with Apple kind of turn go south, so to say. But I'm not too surprised given Goldman Sachs' focus on when they're shifting their business. Again, they did something similar to General Motors. And I suspect, I mean, just for PR and making customers happy, they'll probably come to some sort of agreement where it's a slow transition and Apple will try to facilitate it so as many customers as possible are happy with the situation and not too much business is disrupted but if i were a gambling man i'd say probably probably gonna be chase now going over to the culture part of the podcast you have a porsche theft defeated by the manual transmission yet another reason if is if you already need another one to buy a stick shift also known as a manual transmission a third pedal it is the best experience you can have driving bar none a unique exhilarating experience becoming all too rare these days unfortunately mostly in part to the government mandates pushing evs and kneecapping automobile manufacturers for making ice engines. Dark times, unfortunately. Now, this comes to us thanks to Jalopnik, and it was a specific writer by the name of Logan Carter. This happened, looks like, last week. They know that a armed Porsche Boxster thieves were thwarted by manual transmission. And this specifically happened in, uh, oh wow, who could have guessed? Bethesda, Maryland. And it looks like yet another car is buried by clutches. Thieves, after suspicion, Suspects assaulted a restaurant owner and attempted to steal his manual Porsche 9 or sorry 718 boxer for forestalling it twice and giving up. Let's see here. As well as instances where as if you need another reason to have more fun in life. Now it's also not too surprising based on the geographic location of that. Now, they noted that the Boxer's dash cam recorded several armed suspects jumping out of a red Nissan Rogue and rushing towards the restaurant owner, Miao uh, Muang, who reportedly was pistol-whipping him and demanding him hand over his phone and password and his car keys. One suspect then hops into the Porsche, and the dash cam video shows the car start and stall once, then start and stall a second time before cutting off. And then they subsequently left. Which... Unfortunately, this person is not in a state where you're really encouraged to defend yourself, your family, your friend, your business. But in other places, hopefully this restaurant owner, hopefully he'll relocate to a more freedom-friendly area where you're encouraged to actually defend yourself and your business. Because I can't fathom it. Imagine being an owner of a business and not being armed. And it's a business that usually carries cash. There's a lot of cash at restaurants. So it'll be interesting to see... Will this inspire more people to purchase manual transmissions? Also, get that third pedal of the vehicle. I mean, it's more fun. You'll have a little bit of a theft deterrent. There's actually some articles where the thieves will actually just open the car and see it. They'll just walk away. Because they're not intelligent enough to actually drive three pedals. Well, the resale value for most of them is probably also a bit less because the demand isn't there yet. But hopefully we can inspire a new generation and keep that trend up to keep the stick shift alive. But, as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting cultural news. You have a Bud Light commercial with Manning. Get a little bit less than 500 likes and about maybe one positive comment. Now, this comes as Bud Light is trying to dig themselves out of a hole. They've, Bud Light was very successful at shooting themselves in the foot. Or, like Ron DeSantis, shooting themselves in the high-heeled boot. Now, it's an instance where, again, everyone knows Bud Light hired Dill Mulvaney for $185,000. For like two or three pictures to be a brand ambassador, which talk about an easy job. Two to three pictures to get one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. At what cost to your pride in that instance? But nevertheless, 
that person is making millions of dollars, believe it or not. Now, that, of course, alienated a majority of consumers, and then Bud Light considered to shoot themselves in the foot again when they didn't, quote, quote, stick with Bill Mulvaney. And then you had people, as I said, become a political issue. People on the left started boycott it. And then people on the right started boycott it. And people in the middle, they thought, well, I don't want to have a political conversation when I have a beer. I'm not going to buy it either. So, shoot, uh, let's just say the sales went down, well, well, fiscal Q2 alone, it went down by $400 million, such a big brand compared to the same fiscal Q2 last year. Now, they've been trying to buy back their loyalty from the consumers. And the C we've gotten a lot of lies from the CEOs, executives. I mean, some of them are saying, oh, yeah, this wasn't a campaign. And it leaked, thanks to investigative reporting with Stephen Crowder and Lauren Crowder. We found out, oh, yeah, they actually did pay Dilmovady $185,000 for a campaign. But Light originally just claimed, oh, yeah, just, we, just, we just sent one can. It was no big deal. The lies they tell themselves, they start to pile up. Similar to the piling up of the undrunken cans of Bud Light at all the stores as they continue to expire and distributors, in some cases, distributors actually buy them back. Which, in terms of retail, that's almost unfathomable how unsuccessful and bad it is. Now, nevertheless, getting back to this specific post. Now, this comes from Omaha Productions. So, conceivably, I guess that they were hired to make this commercial. And it's probably smarter than to put it on their page because if they were put it on Bud Light's page, it would probably be 100% negative comments. Believe it or not, we'll do some digging right here. There are one or two positive comments in this. Now, the text just simply says, Come for the beer, staying for the Omaha Audible. And interestingly enough, they are not talking about the software called Audible, which is bought out by Amazon.com a couple of years ago, in which you can listen to audiobooks very similar to a podcast. An Audible is a sports false term, I learned thanks to the internets. Now, interestingly enough, Peyton, one of the Mannings, they, uh, it's a Manning, I believe. Nevertheless, this individual goes into a bar, might have to fact check, I don't think he actually drinks a beer, but we'll see. What are you having? Two Bud Lights, please. I was gonna say, ADHD thought, it'd be hilarious, and I'm sure in real world, again, this is a commercial, but next time, and again, I'm sure the, the paparazzi and all the fanboys and everyone are already taking pictures of this guy wherever he goes, but it'd be hilarious to see this Manning character at a bar, and he, of course, like, in real life, what does he really order? Because, again, not all the time, but many of the times when you have a brand endorsement or a sponsorship deal, it usually means that they were just offered the copious amount of money to put their logo there or to say that they use the product, which is why by my very nature, but my default is to be skeptical when I see any type of brand endorsements, really. So it'd be fascinating to see, what does he actually buy? If he goes to a bar, what does he actually purchase? Probably Yangling? No, who knows, really. Maybe it really is Bud Light. Maybe, maybe that's his personality. Maybe. Actually, uh, make it a round for the bar. <laughs> no one would want that. <laughs> now this bar, they actually have a Bud Light neon sign, interestingly enough. Can't but notice, anecdotally speaking, many of the ones in my area, when I'm at customer meetings, I meet people there, and I can't help but look around and go, well, the signage is a little different compared to a couple years ago. But nevertheless, this alleged bar has a neon sign of Bud Light. No way. People are cheering? Even if, even when I was in college back in my day, like, no one cheered for Bud Light. It, was, it used to be the default beverage for people who drink copious amounts of alcohol. I don't know if they actually applaud or like the taste. It's just the default. Which, again, yeah, that was hugely profitable for literally decades, the number one beer. Then they decided to shoot themselves in the foot multiple times. I don't recommend doing this at a bar. You actually might get kicked out. I just can't imagine. Modern day, you go to a bar and you say, hey, Bud Light for everyone. I'm sure most people just look at you like, why? I already have a glass of water. But, I mean, even if even if someone was a beer drinker, would they go, oh, okay, thanks. Like, would they be cheering? It, maybe a little, maybe a little because he's a celebrity? Because he throws sports balls? But nevertheless, we'll, we'll go back to the commercial. Well, 
Now he's throwing beer cans across the bar, surely a health code violation, an OSHA violation to be sure, and people are catching the beer and then it looks like they're starting to open them up. So fact check, they're not opening up the beers, but again, I'm not a beer aficionado. Truth be told, I enjoy spirits now and again in the client meeting, but if you throw a beer across the bar, presumably it'd be pretty carbonated, be pretty shooken up. If you're to open it, a lot of it would just spill on the floor, which many would say is the best place for Bud Light. But nevertheless, I mean, they're not very, I guess because he's a sports ball player, he has to throw it. But again, I mean, so not only is someone giving you a free Bud Light, which is always okay, but now they're throwing it at you? I mean, so you can't even drink it. Perhaps it's a perhaps this is an anti-Bud Light commercial after all. So now he, I don't know if maybe this is a fellow sports balls player, but he looks at one guy in his bar stool and just goes, yeah. And the guy's allegedly said, oh no, and then he's running from it. Is he worried about being assaulted by Mr. Manning with a, by throwing the beer can at his head? Why would he think, oh no? All right. Well. False advertising. Again, at the very end, it says easy to drink and easy to enjoy. Which, I I know people who tolerated Bud Light when I was growing up, but I, I never knew anyone who said, oh, that's a delicious Bud Light. Like, even before the controversy, I, it was just infathom, unfathomable, to say the least. And Emmett Smith is a, probably another sports balls player. I and mean, it's not Tom Brady. So like the average person, do they really know these sports balls? I know Manning, I, don't, I think at one point he also bought Papa John pizza franchises. Was that Peyton or the other one? The rumor is there's two, probably. Unless maybe that's like the Berenstein Bears when you're a kid growing up and they changed the spelling but no one really knew. Nevertheless, there are allegedly two Mannings. Probably would be very commercial if have got both of them. Could have played into the angle of Bud Light pretending they care about families and stuff like that. And again, this the person that actually caught the beer at the very end, he caught it and he fell to the ground. Which, can you imagine how dirty a bar is? The ground of a bar that serves Bud Light. Heaven forbid there's Bud Light on the ground. Your clothes might be stained. You might very well melt like the wizard or the wit. Wait. No, the witch in the Wizard of Oz. Because it just is so viscerally disgusting for your skin. I don't know. But let's go to the comments and see what the reception is. Maybe I'm alone in my assessment of this. I mean, I'm not because I looked about five, I looked at the top five comments before I started this. So I know that. But who knows? Maybe more comments will prove me wrong. Let's dive and find out. So again, this was posted by Omaha Productions. Got 120,000 views and about 500, well, a little less than 500 likes. The first, the very first comment comes from Sour Patch Lids, and it says, quote, congratulations to Peyton for coming out. Rainbow emoji. Got 39 likes, and I did. Maybe he did come out. I, I Bud Light would be an appropriate sponsorship. I know they, they sponsor a lot of the coming out parades and the child-friendly, or child-friendly drag shows. I say, I use the, uh, not parentheses, I use the quotes because there really is no such thing as a child-friendly drag show because they're, sexual by their very nature and they actually have exposed private parts it's astonishing how many people forget the very definition of the word private private parts means private in your private life but nevertheless i partially digress i don't think that was the intention of this commercial probably not but let's keep going red kins matter said has a picture which has the manning one of the mannings i forget the name emmett Till, I think it's the other character, or the not character, person in the in the little commercial. And then in between them, they Photoshop Dill Mulvaney. They got 26 likes. Let's see here. Alex Solver says, quote, this commercial was so awesome, I'm buying Bud Light again. They got 10 likes. We have to investigate, because that 
Is this person real? Are they a manager at Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch and Beth, perhaps? A stockholder? All right, we'll go to his profile. He's 270 followers. Not to brag, but I do have about 230 followers on my Twitter, at NetIC, T-O-P-P-I-N-G, or The Topping Show. I would always argue quality over quantity. The best followers, bar none. Probably, perhaps. I don't think I've met them in real life yet, but nevertheless, person has 270 followers, Joined in 2015, so it's not a new profile I created last night for this one profile, one uh, post. First comment or post that I've seen lately from him is, cold water to the face refreshes me at my core. Which, I guess, didn't get any likes. Didn't get 52 views. Scrolling through his profile here. Let's see here. I believe he, these are pictures of Pokemon, like my dad used to call it. Granted, I call it Pokemon because I know that's how you're supposed to say it, but it sounds funnier as Pokemon, so I might start doing that now. Let's see here. Yeah, he's reposting some things for Elon. Repost stuff for the NFL. I'll be damned. He actually has some good tweets, folks. He says, quote, Women were so beautiful when they dressed modestly. We were born in the wrong time period, man. And it's a picture of Dolly Parton next to her husband, Carl Dean, around the 1960s. And her private parts are actually private. I'll be damned, Alex Solver. Not only is he a real profile, but... Not the Bud Light, but he has some other pretty good points. Let's keep going through the comments and see if there are other real ones that are actually positive. Eh... We're getting back to the negative. So JS says, quote, not going to work, but like get 24 likes. Someone by the name of New Old Agenda says, quote, so a little skit with people who have been paid to pretend to like Bud Light See, seems about right, unquote, getting 33 likes. Sean Hayes says, quote, still not drinking it, unquote, getting 35 likes. Now, this is an interesting thing. I suppose he's talking about himself, but in terms of accepted advertising standards for alcohol companies, I went down the rabbit hole with this and started research. Like, is there a law around this? What? Why don't they ever drink Bud Light in the Bud Light commercials? It's an unwritten, unspoken rule in advertising for the alcohol beverage industry. They're very, very concerned about being regulated highly, like the tobacco industries, which are kneecapped so much to the point where they can't even have a commercial on TV. So it's not a law that you can't drink into commercials, but it's like an unspoken rule. And that's why you don't see really anyone in alcoholic-based commercials drinking the actual product. Very similar to how the Japanese had a little handshake agreement where they would never produce cars behind a certain horsepower. I believe that it was in the, what is it, the 70s, or the 80s? Where there's a couple of years where they all, like every car had the same, like the same 270 horsepower like that. They never went above, or at least advertising. So it was kind of a social norm at the time. But I suspect this person is talking about himself. Let's see, Jayhawk22 says, quote, We're not going to forget they hired a spokesman to mock women, unquote, getting 45 likes. Stephman316 says, quote, Bud Light, really? Come on, bros. You are better than that. I'm quoting 19 likes. Though, I don't think there really is better than that. But nevertheless, Max Headroom says, quote, hashtag sellout. Peyton is available as long as there's a check. I'm quoting 23 likes. Nikki Haley's burner says, quote, that look when you know you have to make money selling products you never use based on who you used to be. And it's one of the Paytons looking at Emmett and then Emmett looking at him kind of like a like a bro like you were doing this for the, you, know, you know why we're doing this heaven forbid we actually get Bud Light on our suits or on our clothing continue with the other comments what's the fuss this quote yikes Peyton can't even save Bud Light and has a gif saying you getting 12 likes Colonel P says quote nope and simply a picture of Dylan Mulvaney on the can and the picture of Dylan in the dress with lipstick, gloves, and the Audrey Hepburn hairstyle holding the Bud Light cans. It got 36 likes. Dodge simply said, nope, done, never. Getting 10 likes. Alex says simply, man, that commercial is gay, unquote. Getting 9 likes. Chuck from Houston says, quote, haven't heard the apology, unquote, getting five likes. Ed and Ratchfish says, quote, that is just, really, wait a minute. That 
is just a really good ad, and I hate Bud Beer, unquote, getting nine likes. Again, I don't think the ad is that persuasive or really compelling. Again, it's hard to measure the effectiveness of advertising directly in terms of the sales in this specific instance, because again, they do a lot of advertisements and the sale for alcohol is an indirect sales model. You don't go to BudLight.com and buy it. They sell it to the distributor. Distributor sells it to a store. Store sells it to you. So again, it's a little bit more difficult to see why, unless all hell breaks loose after one specific event, like the Mulvaney incident. Let's see here. Kevin says, quote, still no Bud Light and now no hashtag Peyton Manning for me either, unquote, getting two likes. And apparently it is a Peyton Manning. I'm pretty sure he was a Papa John's guy too. In terms of he bought a bunch of franchise locations and did ask for them, which in that case actually made sense because again, he's buying franchises of Papa John's pizza. So I could understand him doing a commercial in that case. It's not just, you know, getting paid cash, but it's actually he's investing in the company. And by doing so, it's also a mutual beneficial relationship. This is actually, this person would actually make more sense if he was like, if, was it Peyton, Eli, whatever this, Eli or Peyton, Eli, whatever Manning this is, if he actually got stock in exchange for this, I mean, I believe the SEC rules, the rules of advertising, you have to disclose that. So perhaps that make it less effective, but yeah, I'm scrolling down more and more and more. And again, Meh. One person said, I'll take one. So I think that's more of a neutral comment. And I was, oh, no, no. Um, Bucker Bino, no DMs. I block ally emoji of a trans flag emoji of a pride flag says, this is great. Although that statement did not get a single like. It got 198 views. So it is one of the most viewed comments. But... Mr. Bucker, be no, no DMs, I'll block you. Let's look at this profile, this person really quick. This person is a, I'm just reading their profile because I'm curious. We only have like two or three people who are positively saying good things about Bud Light. Let's look at these folks. Person has a profile picture of a dog, so they're cheating. That's, I don't suspect this is a dog actually typing and tweeting things out, though I'd be impressed if it was. So again, Mr. Bucker, be no, this is their description. What the hell? A Yinzer animal, animal advocate, football, baseball, basketball fan, equity for all. I black, block, MAGA, crypto, and porn. True crime enthusiast. Hashtag, that was a crew crew. Hashtag 90 crouton. Hashtag team commander. Hashtag BLM. But why don't I have that emoji? And if you look at this person's profile, well, they retweeted Jill Biden decorating the White House, although that I really debate how much of them actually, I think it's more, they don't really actually hang stuff up too much. I think they more design it, but nevertheless, that's something they probably retweeted. They got 236 likes as well. well let's see here. A lot of anti-Trump stuff. A lot, of a lot of political stuff. Squirrels playing with the ball, looking pretty happy. And they actually retweeted, well, they actually retweeted the Manning, Peyton, sports balls guy, Bud Light tweet as well. Interesting. So this is, I mean, that's the new face of Bud Light. Is that going to be profitable for them? It'll be interesting to see. Again, that one specific brand is down by about 30% in sales, about 26% sales by volume. So, again, Anish Bush Bev has 40 plus beers and they're a multi billion dollar company. I don't, they're not going to go out of business because this one brand is dying. But this one brand specifically, Bud Light, that's the one that's losing. Again, they lost about $400 million in sales, just gone compared to the same fiscal Q2 last year. The volume might get so low for that brand and they might just be continually so mocked. They might, might have to, well, they for sure will have to scale back the brand. They actually got to the point where actually bottling plants closed because of the lack of orders from them. So it's not unconceivable to see if they brand specifically becomes unprofitable. They have to subsidize it with the other brands, but I don't think it'll go away completely because again, they're still getting 70% of the sales. 
So let me know in the comments. Do you think the Bud Light brand will ever disappear completely? Or do you think they'll be able to turn this around? Two interesting questions. I'd be fascinated to hear, as always, what you have to say. Now, going over to the Culture Party Podcast, you have Vivek Ramaswamy on affirmative action, not in the NFL, going viral. Now, this statement is on the good old Twitter, or as 12 people call it, X. And it's got 1.1 million views and 23,000 likes. So as youth might say, it went viral for sure. Now, Vivek specifically says, quote, Everyone agrees that affirmative action in the NBA would ruin basketball, and affirmative action in the NFL would ruin football. Turns out the affirmative action in engineering and medicine has a similar effect. This should not should surprise no one, unquote. Which is, when you think about why why is the NFL, why the NBA, why the sports ball seems, why why haven't they embraced diversity? There's not a single Cuban football quarterback, as far as I can know. Although, I'm not a big sports ball fan, and they very may well be that I don't know it yet, though. Let's change the category. There's not a lot of three-foot... Po- yeah, there's not a lot of three-foot-tall quarterbacks in the sports balls leagues. Why aren't more angry letters getting answered by the NBA NFL commissioner? Why don't they deserve representation? It is fascinating that, as a cultural thing, Americans have selectively decided where these rules apply. It'll be interesting to see if the pendulum corrects itself where it's all 100% merit-based. Again, I think there's a lot more talks about that back even 10 years ago. It was, it was controversial, but again, anecdotal evidence and just I'm not bringing statistics together. I'm just talking about kind of what I've seen through my perception is that there wasn't as much debate then as there is now. And now the debate is in several categories. Also, thankfully, because of the Supreme Court ruling that it is illegal for the universities to be discriminatory towards folks based on their race. So it'll be interesting to see, does this resonate with his fan base and does it help him go up in the polls? Get us dive in the comments and see what they're saying. Someone by the name of Red Wave Press says, quote, Affirmative action is a terrible thing that prevents people from getting a job. Your skin color shouldn't matter. Only your experience and qualifications follow if you agree. Unquote. Getting 208 likes. Someone by the name of Craig Chamberlain says, quote, Mediocrity is the only way. People just don't like competing because it means... They might not be good enough. Unquote. Getting 348 likes. Steve Jr. says, quote, Does anyone actually disagree with this? Unquote. Getting 30 likes. Which, I would say, of course, because not like everything in modern society, but many things in modern society has become a political issue. And by its nature of politics, on average, it's usually a 50-50 split. Which is why there's not a lot of topics really in general that most Americans have a big approval rating on. Which... It's quite concerning from a, you know, preservation of the United States perspective. Now, going back to the comments, someone by the name of The Last Don said, quote, The NBA is ruined as it is. It's pure garbage. Unquote, getting 46 like. Guy Lee Green says, quote, The mentality that came up with the affirmative action to describe pandering discrimination. Unquote, getting 20, or sorry, 19 likes. Dr. No Step says, quote, we demand white quarterbacks, unquote, getting 28 likes, which I thought that was a fit, not 50-50 split, but I guess he's maybe perhaps making that statement to show out how outrageous the concept is. But, yeah, interesting. Someone by the name of Cox Stockton says, quote, the very definition of selective outrage, we want for action, but only in certain areas and not others, unquote, getting 41 likes, which, correct. Fault 1 says, quote, because affirmative action is racist by definition, I personally need to see more Asians in the NFL. I think there's only, like, one kicker that's Asian, unquote, getting 34 likes. Dude, what? Why is the door for the little... I, throughout my lifetime, the term has changed a myriad of times. I can't keep track of it for what's the uh, polite way to refer to someone who is small or has... Um, well, I guess the medical term is dwarfism, I believe, still. So... Is why is it the people in the dwarfism community advocating to the NFL and the NBA? It's worked for others before. It'll be interesting to see if that becomes a thing, or not. We'll see. Let's see here. Doug C. Lee says, "Quote: Asian Americans face higher hurdles than 
than academically less qualified candidates of other races. And that rejection of Asian applicants appears to be driven by university's affirmative action policies aimed at favoring other racial minorities. Reverse racism is racism, unquote, getting six likes, which was that use case, specifically the Asian, uh, Asian community and people of Asian descent and universities discriminating against them was one of the basis for the Supreme Court ruling on that. Let's see here. Steve says, quote, breaking Vivek doesn't believe POC can be doctors and engineers without affirmative action, unquote. POC, that most likely means people of color that got five likes. Again, I think, does this person forget Vivek is Indian American? He was born in the United States, but his parents are from India. Yeah. And again, he's not saying that at all. He's saying it should be 100% merit-based. It doesn't matter your background or it doesn't matter... What, the things you can't control about you or that you just inherit by being born don't matter. It's about all the things you do in life. But nevertheless, that person did get five likes. So this isn't 100% positive responses to Vivek's original post. Let's see. Ricky Mikey says, quote, affirmative action is no better than just rolling the dice or hiring by lottery, unquote, game four likes. While we do have a couple contrarian statements... Yeah, it looks like Kenneth Cole, he, him, peace sign, Ukraine sign, pride sign, flag sign, and I don't know. There's a sign with a circle with three, no, two arrows and a cross on the bottom. Now, this person says, uh, fraud alert is a gif and got two likes. Yeah, at least this person is transparent for their profile. You go to that profile... The, the header of their background says liberal, has he, him in the profile, and his profile description that he chose, or, yeah, he was right, says proud, over-educated, commie, pinko, latte, drinking, liberal, elitist, scum, hashtag anti-theist, hashtag LGBT, hashtag science, hashtag pro-choice, hashtag feminist, hashtag, hashtag see with her, hashtag FB, FBR, Hashtag Gen X. Hashtag living with MS. That's a lot of hashtags, but they're all in the profile. Percent 7,180 followers. So there are a couple folks who are contrarian to Vivek's original statements. And as I continue to scroll down, still overwhelming, mostly overwhelming positive responses. Now, this has become one of the hot topics in politics is affirmative action. Even though the Supreme Court has said universities are allowed to do it, that has a lot of implications for other categories, including things like DEI for corporate America. It's started a whole other conversation, and it'll be interesting to see how that ripple effect and how that new court, or say moderately new court ruling, affects a myriad of other categories and areas. And it'll be interesting to see if this becomes a political hot topic and if it is brought to the debate stage. But as I always say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Ford Motor Company. They lost about five, no, sorry, 400 dealers from their EV program. Now, this comes to us thanks to an article by Peter Johnson on a let track. Lich. Good website name. You know exactly what they're about. Now, specifically, they said that the Ford loses 400 participants from its EV dealer program. Scroll down the article. This is after they asked dealers to join us, quote, Oh, this is <laughs> marketing is a funny thing. This is this is how Ford described their EV uh, trans uh, transformation, which again, not to say I called it. Well, usually I don't. Well, some, you know, sometimes I do like to say I called it. But in terms of EV adoption rates in the United States, they precipitously declined by a lot. Now, people are still buying more EVs. Don't get me wrong, but the adoption rate is decreasing. So the rate at which people are adopting it is decreasing as well. Look at the biggest category where people are starting to look at is hybrids which I still don't recommend personally because, well, personally, I like to have a little car that'll last, you know, about a quarter century to a million miles, which you can get with a gold-fashioned internal combustion engine in Japanese engineering, try a little Honda Civic Si. And truth be told, I love having a three pedals. Cannot beat manual transmission. It's the best experience bar none, but I moderately, partially digress. Back to this particular statement, Ford, they describe their transition as, quote, on an epic journey to sustainable expansion, unquote. Yeah, 
not so much sustainable, well, at least for the environment, because again, lithium, well, and it's also how you charge it. And oh, yeah, how do you recycle that big, heavy, dangerous product? You have to destroy most of the product, you say. Some companies like GM are making it an integral structural component of the vehicle, you say. Oh yeah, that means it's disposable and garbage. Not good for the environment, but that's just me. Well, and a little bit of mocking of intelligence. Now, they also say that Ford revealed over, they revealed over two thirds of its dealers joined almost a year ago. However, close to 400 dealers had dropped out of the program since then. Ford asked their dealership networks to become part of the automaker's quote, revolutionary EV transmission last year ago. In December, CEO Jim Farley revealed that 1,920 dealers joined the program of those 1,659 dealers to chose the higher quote unquote elite tier. Sounds fancy, must be good, right? Now, the other 261 went to, with the certified tier, the lower level requires, geez Louise. Again, folks, this is the lower level. This lower level requires a $500,000 initial investment and includes repair and maintenance and one public DC fast charger. Wow. For, for around a million dollars, dealerships could opt into the higher elite tier, which includes an additional fast charger, demo units, rapid replenishment, and the presence on Ford.com. Really? That's it? If anything, Ford should be pumping out demo units left and right to get consumers get their hands on the technology so they can experience and presumably buy it, or more realistically, buy something else. But yeah, if you have some million dollars, we'll give you a couple demo units. I mean, all the manufacturers just, they don't just, it's not like they give them free cars, but I mean, you're talking about giving cars at cost just for, like specifically for demos. Like there's special programs and all that types of things. Now, let's see here. They also know that the change, the Automotive News reported last week, they revealed, or a couple weeks ago, that Ford would ease the EV dealership requirements following the quote unquote change of the market. Hashtag called it. They know that the program has been met with its fair share of criticism. Last week, Illinois State Motor Vehicle Board handed Ford's dealers a victory after six, 26 of them argued that the company's EV program violated state laws. The changes include fewer L2 chargers with extended installation deadline dealer training will also be cut in half to around twenty thousand dollars ouch so this is like for my it company there are certain manufacturers you have to have certifications for which i think is a good intention granted we know what the we know what the road hell is paved with but in terms of learning new products you don't know the bells and whistles you want to know what's the best use case for this particular feature i think that's a good thing and truth be told my team and i we get certifications I do find it a little bit of a disdain when they start to charge you for certifications. A couple hundred bucks. Okay, they're, maybe they're trying to break even. Maybe they want to try to mitigate their costs so they can pay their trainers. And But some of these certifications cost thousands of thousands and thousands of dollars where it's just become another profit arm for that business. And some of them require you to have those certifications in order to sell, maintain, facilitate those product solutions. So it'll be interesting to see some of these four dealers, they want to charge $20,000 for training. Now, a spokesperson from the company also told Electric last week that changes, quote, related to the changes in the market, not a result of the Illinois outcome. Uh-huh. Ford said that they would appeal the decision, and quote, Ford stands by its voluntarily Model E program, unquote. Quote, the program is designed to ensure that Ford and its dealers provide EV customers with a class-leading experience. Now, the News comes after Ford said it would ease restrictions in January, including allowing dealers to, to change tiers or opt out, which is another controversy. Now, some of the manufacturers are actually forcing the dealers to actually adopt the EVs or they'll withdraw their franchise or they will not get any allocation. And again, some of these dealers, I believe some of the Cadillac dealers, they also have similar tiers where some of the reinvestments to actually get the new equipment required to facilitate the vehicle, to actually repair the vehicle. I mean, it's not, it's not a cheap change. It's not like it's 10 to 20, 30 grand. We're talking hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in some cases. Because again, it's a whole new technology. I understand the price associated because again, you're transitioning from a car company to an EV company to a technology company. But 
That's no prepay. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like I have much sympathy for dealerships either. Lord knows they've made a couple of amount of profits the past 48 months, or well, 36 months especially. Now, according to in a report, nearly 400 dealers have dropped out of the Ford's EV sales program since, the began, since December. They also noted that to keep up with Tesla and other direct consumer rivals, Ford will create, quote, retail replenishment centers, unquote, where certified elite dealers can replenish stock. Ford said that the changes will help cut costs around and are, quote, designed to improve the speed and efficiencies in which dealers and therefore customers can receive their EVs, unquote. Let's see here. Well, this is Electric's also known that, quote, that the CEO of Ford said that rivals like Tesla have about a $2,000 advantage due to the direct-to-sales business model, insisted that the company need to lower the cost to compete. <laughs> Which is why they just gave, uh, what was it, $9 billion more to the United Auto Workers? to assemble their vehicles, which come with mismatching seats and headlights. Paid the most, but performs the least. Some might say that's a perfect metaphor for the unions. But nevertheless, to have this huge rollout, to force your dealerships to pay thousands, millions of dollars, and then now to backtrack and to admit, oh yeah, we might have been a little bit wrong, that's not making the dealerships happy. That's not making the consumers happy. And that, that whole relationship, that whole instance of forcing all these dealerships to do all that, well, Ford, that's got to be the business blunder of the day. Again, thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in today. Don't forget to take time to subscribe. Trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December. So if you click that button, I greatly appreciate it. Also, leaving a comment is a great way to let me know what things I should try to work on and improve on, in addition to increasing my enunciation and perhaps slowing down a little bit. All the feedback is greatly appreciated. Also, and lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Heck, Tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe, fight the good fight.